Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 82nd episode of the Oligarchy Disruptive Podcast with your host, Ben Elian, and of course, we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as well. Hey, guys. Alrighty, so we have another amazing episode for you today. What are we going to talk about today, Ashley? Oh, my goodness. All right, so we're going to talk about the criminalization or the victimization of criminals in our society. We are turning, we're deciding that these people, um, Rashard Brooks, George Floyd, because they've had past criminal history that they are apparently, it's more okay for the, the excessive use of force from police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, we also have a video for you uh, from an internalized racist uh, herself, Candace <laughs> Owens. Uh, for you guys to all watch and uh, decipher. We're gonna play a little clip for you guys. Not the whole thing, it's 18 minute clips. We don't wanna do that to you guys. I don't wanna make your ears bleed and shit. Um, so what we're gonna do is just play like a four or five minute clip of that. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Um, awesome. So let's start with the clip first and then let's comment on the topic of uh, like the criminality and how people look at it and stuff. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Okay. So let's start with Candace Owens, see what she has to say, and then we'll comment after. Hello, Candace. Hello, Facebook family. Um, I have decided to do this video. It has been weighing very heavily on my heart um, and on my mind. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, if you guys didn't notice already that uh, in the title, like this video is how she does not support George Floyd. Um, she's one of the very few uh, within her community that does not uh, support George Floyd and uh, the movement that was raised by his death. Um, so a lot of people use this video. Like this video has closing in on seven million views as of June fourth of this of this uh, year. So that's only a few days ago, and it's in seven million views. A lot of people are watching this and using this as an excuse, but we're gonna show you why exactly. So go ahead as well and it was something that I wanted to say early on but there were so many emotions and so much pressure um, for me to go with the popular opinion about who George Floyd was um, and sometimes it can be difficult when there are just so many external pressures to say what you believe and this was an instance where I felt like my silence would have been better in the beginning but the more that I think about it I realized that we are being sold a lot of lies and at the detriment to the black community, at the detriment to the white community and at the detriment to America as a whole. So I um, want to come out and say uh, that I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for black America. I'm going to explain why and I hope that some of you guys will understand where I'm coming from. Um, I have spent a considerable amount of time reading a lot um, of black authors that I think are some of the most brilliant black Americans breathing. Um, Walter Williams, Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell, and I recently came across something that was an idea that was planted into my head by Shelby Steele, and it has been something that I cannot um, forget. It is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life, and it is something that I hope for the black Americans that are watching will stick with you for the rest of your life. Shelby Steele said that the black community is unique from other communities. Um, our, our culture is unique from other communities um, because we are the only community 
that caters to the bottom denominator of our society. Now, let me explain what that means. Um, it means to say that not every black American is a criminal, not every black American is committing crimes, but we are unique in that we are the only people that fight and scream and demand support and justice for the people in our community that are up to no good. You would be hard pressed to find um, you know, a Jewish person who has spent five stints in prison, uh, who commits a crime and dies while committing a crime, and that the Jewish people champion and demand justice for. You will be hard pressed to find this in white America. You'll be hard pressed to find this even in Latino America. Uh, if there is a person that is spent multiple times in prison, you are not going to see a bunch of Latinos coming out um, demanding justice for this person, even if, and I want to be very clear, what I'm saying is not any defense for Derek Chauvin. I hope Derek Chauvin gets the justice at um, that he deserves to be, um, you know, implemented upon him and that the family um, of George Floyd deserves justice for the way that he, that he died. Um, but I also am not going to accept the narrative that this is the best the Black community has to offer. For whatever reason, it has become fashionable over the last uh, five or six years for us to turn criminals into heroes overnight. Um, and it is something that I find to be despicable and it's something that I refuse to stand by any longer, and I'm not going to play a part in it, no matter how much pressure comes from black liberals and black conservatives as, as some token of people wanting you to believe that this is the only way you can be black is you have to say this was wrong and that this, you know, this person was amazing. I won't do that. Uh, George Floyd was not an amazing person. Um, and as soon as this video hit the internet, I did just basic searches. Uh, everyone jumped on it and called and, and was looking at the police officer and everyone agrees that the police officer was wrong and the police officer has been arrested. Um, so that is not, the reason I'm not discussing that is because that is not something that has been misconstrued in the media. Uh, he has been turned into the devil that he is and there is no reason for us to harp on that any longer because white Americans are not uplifting Derek Chauvin as a victim or pretending that he's an amazing human being. But George Floyd is being uplifted as an amazing human being. Um, and uh, for those of you who have not yet seen the clips and did not pursue or wait for more clips to come out, uh, first and foremost, George Floyd at the time of his arrest was high on fentanyl and he was high on methamphetamine. Uh, this came back in both of his autopsy reports. Uh, if you pursue the 911 transcript, you can see the person describing somebody who is out of their mind high, um, and which is what made the person fearful because he tried to, you know, to uh, use a, a, a bill that I guess was a fake bill to purchase something and then he was outside acting weird and they in their police calls said that this person was obviously distributing on drugs. Uh, when he is put into handcuffs and is put against the wall, a baggie of what looks to be like uh, cocaine or uh, some, it's, it's white, it's a white baggie that he drops onto the floor that you can see in an image. If you look up the clip, the media is refusing to circulate it. You can find it on Twitter. If you, if you use DuckDuckGo and look up um, George Floyd baggie, uh, you can watch the clip yourself with your own eyes. Uh, he had drugs on him at the time of his arrest. Um, now, barring all of that, nobody thinks that he should have died during this arrest, but what I find despicable to be is that everyone is pretending that this man lived a heroic lifestyle when he didn't. And I want to talk about what his lifestyle was um, leading up to this moment and why I refuse to accept the narrative that this person is harder <clears throat> or, or should be lifted up in the black community and that we should be buying t-shirts uh, with his name on it, okay? Okay, so let's end it here. Um, but <laughs> the, a good gist of what she goes on to say basically um, and then we can just segment off of this because like the whole 
topic of this episode is how people look at criminality, right? And how people interpret that information of the criminality that, like, for example, like she used the information that uh, he had like a little baggie of cocaine to make it look like he was a bad person, uh, using his uh, criminal history of fake money. Uh, she even claimed that uh, just now that uh, because he was high, uh, he was fearful enough to use fake money. Like, what the fuck argument is that? Um, she mentioned earlier that um, black people champion uh, champion criminals when other races don't. Um, and the simple fact is that, like, they just aren't killed at the same type of rates that black people are. Like, that's why this is happening. That's why Black Lives Matter is a, a real movement that has tons of traction with millions of people. That's why people are all all, all, all over the world, not only in the United States. Yeah. Recognize this, and this is a global issue. Um, but it's really bad here, uh, if we didn't get that already. Um, and uh, the last thing I wanted to mention about like her thing, just in my short little spiel here right off the bat, is she uses, like I mentioned a little earlier, that the fact that he's, him using drugs basically means that he's a bad person. In other words, that's why he deserved to die. And that's why he, that, uh, he ended up the way he did. But we have to answer ourselves, we have to ask ourselves this fundamental question. Is doing drugs, is the act of doing drugs a death sentence? And for most, like most people have like, um, fucking even like Jeb Bush has tried marijuana. Like I'm sure all these fucking people in Congress have done Coke and like LSD and all this shit, but there's a double standard when it's black people and people of color doing it. That's why they're pulled over at higher rates. That's why they're killed at higher rates. That's why these people, the people of color are filling the prisons and it's not the white people that are. Well, so, I don't know. Yeah. That's my bunch of shit. Sorry. <laughs> I kind of went off, but yeah, go ahead, Ashley, with your take on it. You know, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this video. Um, I think that the way that she presents her argument is just very, um, I don't know. She's just making, I, I don't think that anybody is champion, champion, championing a criminal behavior or making criminals fashionable. Um, I, I don't think that George Floyd as a criminal is the, is the, the face of the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Um, what, what this is about is the fact, and really why this happened is because there were multiple Black murders <laughs> in a week's time. That's why this happened, because there's so many of them, because there's so many names. That's why we're saying their names. That's why you have their names on t-shirts, because there's so many of them, and people are forgetting them. And it's just like another Black life lost. And when she says that people aren't, you know, champ, you know, Latinos and white people and, you know, all these other communities, they aren't glorifying their, their um, criminal activity or, you know, people who have, you know, spent these times in prison. Well, statistically, these other communities are not in prison as often. Um, and even if they are, I think that her, her rhetoric is just so... I think that her choice of words was very interesting and she was making it, I, I mentioned this to you earlier. She's making it seem like it's like 
women's suffrage and these are the this is the face of women's suffrage like that's nobody is saying that george floyd was an amazing person i don't that's she that's she literally uses those words and it's like i don't think that people are really saying that people are saying that this was an unarmed black male that was murdered by police and whether he has a rap sheet or not, it's the person, it's the human, black lives matter. It's the black life that matters. Like putting this, this, I, and her, the rest of her video is, cause I've, I've watched the video, um, in, in its entirety, the, she really just goes on to talk about his rap sheet and that he has been in prison, in and out of prison, um, that he has different, you know, yeah, ever since I think he was like in his early 20s. Um, but, you know, you asked that question about, you know, does, is that a death sentence? Is any, if, you know, doing drugs a death sentence? Is anything a death sentence? Really? You know, um, it's, and especially if, you know, people want to argue, you know, murderers, they, sh you know, should be locked up, whatever. This guy didn't even kill anybody. I mean, come on. Like, she, and I also think that it's important to note now I'm ranting, but she said about the fact that he was on drugs. Exactly. So why do they need to use that much force? They never should have used that much force. This is clear indication that our law enforcement does not have good training in mental health and drug prevention and drug treatment and how to handle somebody in an, intox in an intoxicated person which they are called for those types of situations often. So you would think that they would be trained in how to handle them better. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm really glad that you mentioned there, you hit on their training because there just isn't a lot of it. There just isn't a lot of it at all um, for police. I believe that they are like, they go through their academy and stuff within like six months or something. I've heard, mm -hmm. I've heard less than that uh, from some places, but I think six months is pretty standard. Uh, but these people are literally like, like, like they're going to like kill people in like, uh, like six months, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I feel like pretty six months might be a little over, I think actually what it is, but, um, yeah. Well, and they do, I mean, they do de continued education. Um, they have to go to so many out, they have to complete so many hours and depending on the police department, like the Chicago police department, they've been under the, um, decree consent decree or something like that so they have to do even more um but they do have to do you know continuous continual education well, what but it's clearly not like literally like what is that done for them like <laughs> obviously they haven't yeah. been paying attention <laughs> it's clearly not help you know helpful training the solution is to defund the police and that doesn't mean defunding all of them, like defunding their money completely, like decimating them or abolishing the police as we know it. It means moving some of the money that went to the police originally, taking away some of their original responsibilities like Ashley was just talking about, how they're not supposed to respond, how they respond too strongly to some situations. We're gonna mm -hmm. give those, we should give those responsibilities to other people um, that, are, are highly trained in those types of things and restrict the types of calls that the uh, police can re respond to. The, only the toughest, uh, yeah. the strongest type of um, thing. That's what, that's what that means. That's or even just create new, new 
news factions of the police department where there are literally just mental health workers. Instead of people who are carrying guns, there are people who are maybe still considered police, but they are just mental health workers, you know? Like, just put that money into some other, you know, other, other areas instead of giving them more weapons. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure- And like- specialized SWAT teams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure across all the United States, I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet from <clears throat> earlier today by Robert uh, Reich, which is that like uh, economist, uh, well known economist that was the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Secretary of Labor under President Clinton in the 90s. Uh, he commented on this earlier today and he mentioned how um, I believe the funding across all the United States for the police is over 100 billion. Oh, wait, actually, I have it right here. He, he tweeted, and I quote, every day, American taxpayers spend $315 million uh, on police. Yes, you read that correctly. So like, that's just daily, you know? Like this is, com- that's like pretty comparative to like, almost like wartime, like what we spend at like war with like other countries and stuff. And this mm-hmm. is our police, like, and even on top of that, Donald Trump wanted to bring in the actual military to like, to calm down the protests and whatnot. Like he's that dude was literally on the brink of declaring war on his own people, literally. Um, so it, it's really interesting, uh, very interesting time we're living in. Um, you were gonna say something? I was, um, oh, well, I was just gonna say, like, getting back to the criminalizing or um, victimizing criminals, I, I think that with Rashard Brooks in particular, a lot of people came out about his video you know and um the fact that they when the police were first called you know it was a intoxicated person um where he fell asleep in the drive-through and people kind of well not even kind of people just straight up said oh well he was drunk you know blah 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 he you know kind of justifying the situation and I just can't help but put into perspective the fact, or, you know, you bring it back into my own life. You know, I have known people who've had DUIs. Do I think that they would have gotten shot at? No, you know, um, and also comparing this situation to um, George Floyd. This Rashard Brooks was also intoxicated. Why are you using lethal force against somebody who is intoxicated? They clearly cannot, you know, handle himself and if you've seen the videos you clearly can see that he can't really handle himself so that also kind of just drives the point home that they really do need more training um but really what we need is just to take that task away from them and give it to somebody else so that we can get people in there who are able to do things (laughs) differently not holding guns a hundred percent um i think that that's uh way overdue um now when it comes to like the issue of rayshard brooks the fact that people like to hit on the uh hit on the uh hit him on the fact that he was drunk or like that he couldn't pass his like sobriety test or whatnot um they'll go on and on about that about his criminality and all that stuff but that just goes back and uh, once again, and they'll use videos like the one we showed you in the very beginning with Candace Owens, with mm-hmm. people that got influencers like that 
to make to to make it's uh, to make sense in their heads, in their own heads about the situation, what happened. They're yeah. gonna look for validation from other people, other black people like Candace Owens, that is more than willing to tell them because she just wants to rise to fame and she just wants to rise uh, using her conservative thinking or whatever. <laughs> she's gonna use it to get there. And like I said, she's at seven million views. It's clearly working. People are using their their videos and people like her's videos because she's black and they're racist and their narr- her narrative fits theirs. So if you get this shit, send it right back. You know them. You know this is straight up racist. I don't believe a fucking word she says. Send me another person or send something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I just I really I I really like the video because I think that it says exactly what a lot of people are saying um, about black men who are getting killed by police. They're just their first reaction is, well, well, what do they do? Um, I, I cannot tell, I cannot tell you how many times I have heard that. Well, what happened? What do you mean? What happened? You know, you would not be asking that question. If I said, did you hear about this white dude that got shot by police over here on Cermak and Hoyne? They'd be like, what? You know, it would not be what happened. What did he do? But because it's a black person, that's just the first question that that you hear. And people want to say, oh, well, if I was in that situation, I would just get out of the car. I would just blah, blah, blah. Well, it's really easy for you to say when you're not intoxicated or when you're not um, just fed up because you're stopped all the time strictly based off your color. Um, Like, go ahead. I just, I like her video because I think that, and I clearly, because a lot of white people are sharing it and saying, oh, look at this girl, look at her. She's saying blah, blah, blah. But I, I like that she's saying it because I think so many people think the way that she thinks and aren't, um, and people aren't paying enough attention to that. And I, I like that she said it because I think people are paying attention to it now because she's a black woman who's coming out against Black Lives Matter. Um, and I think this needs to be talked about. People need to talk about the fact of, hey, why are we saying it's okay that they're dying, that they're getting murdered because they're criminals? Why? Why are we saying that that's okay? Mm-hmm. One of the worst things that I feel like was coming out about uh, also with this is like, like we're seeing we're starting to like see people's true colors you know mm-hmm. uh we're seeing that in like government people are like there are elected officials and whatnot and we're also seeing it in our personal lives which a lot of you are also noticing um and something that i think is really um bad that i've noticed is kind of a trend um even in cases of my like my own family like candace owens like people in my own family watch this and if you don't already know i'm latino right i'm mexican so like people of color are using these videos too to like brainwash themselves because a lot of people don't talk about this but latinos and i know i can say this because i am mexican and i know many mexicans and i know many latinos we are racist mexicans are like racist uh from their origins traditional race they're just they're just racist even against other mexicans that are the same color as them they're just a little darker um, <laughs> You know, literally. Um, so it's it's very sad to see like our own people sell out. Yeah. And even more so if you're black, you know, because like this movement 
is now for any one person. This isn't for like a martyr or a hero like George Floyd or like Rayshard Brooks or anything like that. Everyone is coming out, even white people, people of color, everyone is coming out because we all understand that this is more, this is not about ourselves or any one person. This is a movement about everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, this is a movement about like how this is just like, nothing is working. Like we've tried everything up until now and just nothing is working. That's why we're rioting. That's why we're out in the streets every day. Rioting is a language of the unheard, you know? And they haven't heard us which is why we're out there. Um, but I just wanted to mention that I think it's really funny <coughs> that, that people of color are also selling out and using videos like this to validate that. Um, when their plight, like I've been saying to many of people of color, including many Mexicans and people in my family, are, are of course, I consider the BLM movement and this time period as our movement as well. Why? Because we are also shitting all the time. We also have our stereotypes. White people also say that we should only cut their, we're only good for cutting their lawns. We don't know anything else. Like we don't know how to speak English. Um, we should go back to our country. We're just taking their jobs. We're, um, we're a drain on their economy. We're also getting Absolutely. put in jail. We're like, we're also getting killed. We're also getting pulled over at higher rates. Mm -hmm. We're right there with you, you know? Like, so for any one person, of, especially like within my own, or like Latinos or whatever, like our struggle is one of the same, you know? Like that's, that's something that we all have to understand and not everybody does and it's really unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, um, that's a really big thing, especially um, living here in Pilsen, which is a predominantly Hispanic area um, and uh, surrounding areas a lot are either um, predominantly black or predominantly Hispanic. Um, and there's just been a lot of tension between the two. Uh, and it's, it's scary at times, to be honest, but then it's also just disheartening because just like what you said, you know, a lot of these things are things that both should be fighting for, you know? Um, and I think that right now what we need is just a collective response instead of a divided one. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only time that we're like, when things actually change, right? Is when everybody comes out. It's when yeah. the white people come out, like the college educated white people, old, everybody, all, all stripes of colors from every walk of life. That's when real change happens. That's why we're seeing the amount of change we've seen in the last like fucking what like week two weeks mm -hmm. policies changing yeah. everywhere like uh like uh police departments literally getting like completely defunded dismantled yeah. yeah we're seeing real change and but why because we actually went out there and made our voices heard demanded it mm -hmm. we demanded it in other words yes you're 100 percent right um so that's what's really necessary and we should not give up our fight until we the no justice, no peace, right? Until our demands are met, you know, like until real changes happen. Yeah. Uh, I think that should be when maybe people should step it back a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I think we're a long ways away from that because all they've given us right now are like, let's tear down these monuments. Let me change the Aunt Jemima uh, logo of the picture. Um, Amazon put uh, Black Lives Matter on their fucking website. Like, that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. Like, 
I don't know if you it's, know how to explain it to you. But it's like a good marketing tactic. Literally, it's good PR. <laughs> it's good PR, you know? Like, this is just money to these people. Like, uh -huh. uh, that's what all these donations are, too. Like, to the BLM movement or whatever. Like, all these rich-ass people. Like, yeah, it might seem good at face value that they're giving money to, like, a, a good cause that supports the movement, right? But that's a fucking tax that's a tax write-off for them you know like that's why they do i, I don't want to say like that's why they're doing it 100 percent, because i i can't say that for every uh, blanket statement but i can say that that is a tax write-off and that qualifies that qualifies for one and if their tax accountants have any cell brain cells left in their head they're going to use oh my gosh something like that which i think they're rich for a reason and they are going to use things like that so i'm just going to say i'm going to put it like that I think it's a great place to wrap up unless you have any other comments to make. No, um, I not really about that. I did just want to say for all you Chicagoans that are listening, there are three marches planned for tomorrow. They're all taking place between 11 and 7 p.m. I'm, I'm not, I think they all start at different times, but they're all collectively in downtown Chicago. So look them up, try to go. Uh, yeah, and even if you're not in Chicago, wherever you are, uh, make sure oh, I'm sure already uh, make your voice heard people are organizing people are out there uh, even in our small town like uh, I'm not in the city like uh, Ashley is um, even out here in the suburbs of Chicago there are people still like out there on like the sidewalks and there's pretty much like not a ton here in the suburbs uh, not a lot of like traffic or whatnot so like like they're doing it because they feel so like drawn to it and they feel like uh, like a duty. A passion for it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think that's really awesome. Uh, a part that's coming out of this movement as well. But uh, like I said, I think it's a great place to wrap up here. So once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you haven't done so already, uh, definitely follow us on our social media pages. Uh, what yes. do you have our social media, Ashley? Oh my gosh, everything. Okay, so if I don't name it, I bet you we're still on it. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And our website, I think. Our website, of course, we're on WordPress, the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast. Yeah. And then, of course, all of the podcast um, apps. So, like, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's about eight. Uh, we're on it all. Yeah, eight <laughs> for the listening platforms. Uh, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, definitely do leave us a five-star review. We much appreciated on that end. But thank you all again so much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.